pages of text. Welcome players, coders, builders, whizzes, one and all, to the Titans of Text podcast. We're your hosts, Eric Ostrich. And Danny Austerity Nissenfeld. And we have with us today Tebow, the owner and maintainer of Written Realms, as well as Addison, one of the participants of the National Mud Building Month. Welcome to you both. Hey guys, thanks for having me on again. Hey, thanks so much. All right, so October has uh, ended, and with it, Namu Bumo. So how many entries were submitted in the end? I think we ended up with six. There were three from the Written Realm side and three uh, kind of like game augments where, where people sort of submitted new zones as part of their game. So yeah, three kind of like Telnet classic client and then three from Written Realms. How did it go overall from a, a technical perspective uh, as far as Written Realms went? Purely technically, it, it went pretty well. There were definitely more bugs than I would have liked, but it was also a little bit inevitable because a lot of the worlds that were being built were single player worlds. And, you know, the world that we mostly develop is a multiplayer world. And we've got two single player worlds that have been around for a little while. There's the introduction, which people play when they first click the play button on the front page. And then there's the tutorial which goes room by room and teaches someone concept of the game with each room. But beyond that, we never really had a single player world uh, that was kind of like deep and, and well-developed and all of that. And as it turns out, multiplayer worlds and single player worlds are actually pretty different in terms of what you expect to happen with the data when you leave, essentially. In a single player world, when you exit the world, you want everything to be exactly how you left it, right? So if you killed a monster, you have a corpse, you exit the world, you re-enter the world, you really want that corpse to still be there. In the multiplayer world, that that uh, expectation is not there, right? Corpses decay, whenever you reboot the world, the data goes back to kind of its initial state. And so there were a lot of things that were a little bit buggy with single-player worlds. And I got a little bit of a shot to fix some of them before Namobjumo started, because I'd say probably a couple weeks before before the month, people were already starting to kind of check out the role editor and building their own roles and stuff. But yeah, lots of lots of bugs. But that being said, uh, you know, everything worked well enough for people to build their world. So it also could have been a lot worse. And overall, I'm very, very pleased with how it went. So Addison, uh, you were a user of Written Realms before uh, Namo Yumo started. Is that correct? So I started, I think it was June this year. I kind of was just searching around for text-based games as I've kind of been into them a lot lately. And I found it, joined the Discord, and I've pretty much been playing since June, yeah. Was this the first time you had actually engaged in, in trying to build uh, one of the worlds? Yes, it was, yep. And uh, Addison, so is this is this the first time you've built for any MUD or any text-based game, basically? Yes. Um, I've been playing like text-based games for like maybe a year or two, but this is definitely the first one where I've actually participated enough to even get to know the people well enough, let alone build an actual world. Yeah. What was it like? Uh, I mean, not like, you know, the technical aspects of, of how the UI goes. I mean, anyone can jump on and, and give that a go. What was it like building uh, for the first time, building content like this? I thought it was... Like you just said, like the UI was, it did help. But lately, a few months ago, I changed my major in school to game technology and creating a world out, even if, like just text-based where it's like not graphic or anything. It's a huge step. Like I thought that it was amazing. I had so many ideas coming to me as every second I wrote, I thought it was amazing. Did the month-long timeline uh, change how you were thinking about building or anything like that? 
at the beginning, it was a little easy, but as the month progressed, it kind of got a little more difficult. Time started to crunch a little bit. And at the end, I had to cut a few things, but it kind of changed my perspective in a way, but it was fun. <laughs> Teebs, was there a noticeable increase in traffic during Namobumo? Yeah, for sure. I'd say uh, right before, especially, because I think we did some announcement on Discord and on the Reddit like a few days before, and there was definitely a significant uptick in traffic of new traffic. And then there was obviously an increase in sustained traffic of returning users who were, you know, builders and other people trying it out. Because, you know, we got three submissions uh, submitted, but there were more than that kind of like came in and kicked the tires around a little bit, uh, which I think bodes very well for for next year. I think there's a lot of, there was a lot more interest than, than I would have thought that there was. And some of the people just couldn't quite get the world to a state that they wanted. But yeah, there was definitely a good amount of traffic. It was, it was a big boon for us. And uh, how was, uh, how was the discord? The, I know obviously more people came on. It was, uh, do you felt like, like most of the people tried to get to become part of the, the social community for written realms or was it pretty much just a few people? Uh, it, it, it definitely got uh, pretty lively. Like there's, you know, sometimes before there would be a couple of days that would go by without any any banter, and there was definitely a lot more people getting to know each other. Of course, on top of you know asking questions and just like how does this work and how does that work and you know how can I achieve this? I think one reality about Namibimo this year is that it would have been relatively difficult to build a world without asking me or other people how to do things. There's a couple of how-to videos, and I sort of started working on a doc site like two days. After the contest started, you know, try to get there. But definitely the world editor right now does, uh, it's nice to have people around answering questions and kind of walking you through it. And so there was a good amount of just like, hey, how do I do this? Oh, here's how you do that. As well as a good amount of uh, people brainstorming together and coming up with, with how to do things. This is actually one of the more interesting and rewarding parts of this whole experience for me. When I build worlds, I tend to immediately, as soon as I can't make something work, I try to think, okay. What code is missing there? What feature do we need to build to get there? And I go into this whole process of, okay, what do I need to do for that bridge to be crossable? Um, but a lot of the builders kind of embraced the constraints and a lot of them came up with ways to do things that I didn't even realize and sharing them with each other. Uh, and that was a really, really fun, really cool and really rewarding aspect of the, of the event for sure. So what went well and what went uh, poorly throughout the month? And this is kind of aimed at both. So let's start with uh, Tebow. Well, I think a lot of the things that sort of that could be seen as having gone poorly ended up going well in the sense that there were a lot of builders who wanted to do things that the platform couldn't quite do. Most of the world editor development so far had been whenever me and Pat sort of run into things that we wanted to do in our in our worlds. We'd built the features for them. And in this case, obviously, there were lots of people who thought of things that we didn't. And so I had to build a lot of features. Uh, I probably ended up building something like a couple dozen features uh, over the month, which is, that's a very, very brisk pace for me. Like uh, I definitely ended up cranking out a lot more of them than I normally would, which was of course awesome. There's a great energy in that. And, you know, people trying things out, breaking things. And as you try to fix them, you try to improve them. So a lot of sort of the bad, which was the issues that builders ran into, ended up being good because now there's so many more things that you can do within the worlds. So for me, it was kind of perfect because 
I think had there been much more interest and much more building, I, I might have you know died a little bit. It would have been impossible to keep up with. But as as was, it was pretty perfect. I mean, it, it was definitely hard and a little bit stressful because bugs were popping up and I was trying to fix things as fast as possible. And as I mentioned earlier, there were more of them than I would have liked, of course, but also more than I anticipated. But in the end, I think it, it we really ended up with a much stronger world editor as a result. And how about you, Addison? Let's start with like the port. So. Nothing with the world builder editor itself really went wrong. The main thing for me was a large part of it was time with as the month progressed. But besides that, it was kind of just out of nowhere. Ideas and stuff just kind of like stopped like coming to me. It was it started to get a little harder to build as the month progressed. And I felt like it was kind of dwindling a little bit. But what definitely went right was... I would say the enjoyment, like I was every day I got on, like I get on written ROMs like multiple times a day just to check up anything on discord, anything. And I just maybe like did a room or two here and there once every day or two. And there was sometimes like a day where I built like five, 10, maybe 15 rooms and I come back to it later. But it was, it was kind of just the enjoyment of being able to do something myself without like a defined path, like games you, you would play have. I do remember. So I was, I, sit on the the discord uh and at some point uh you had a, a family trip to disneyland if i remember correctly yes. and you were on building while you were in line at disneyland were you not yes i was so we were there from uh eight in the morning to almost midnight and most of the lines we had fast passes but that one line was about an hour and a half wait and I was on my phone. I'm like, hey, this is a perfect time. And this is just the perfect scenario. So I just started building rooms. Which which ride was it? Was it Tower of Terror? Or uh, what, what is it? That mountain railroad thing? I was with my mom and sister. They really wanted to go on the Toy Story one. That one took so long. It was the Toy Story one where you like go on the little thing, shoot the targets as you move along. I was kind of standing there just like, this is so stupid. I really don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the world, the world you built uh, is called the Hallowed Outcasts. Was there any inspiration, any any specific piece of literature or other game that you were really drawing from when you built this, or or was this just something that you know you just felt that you you wanted to build this story out? Definitely, yeah. So there's a game that I've played technically all my life. Like I've played it since I was like five or six. It's called Adventure Quest. It was an orig- it was originally like on the browser. They've come out with like Adventure Quest Worlds, Dragon Fable. They've come out with a bunch of stuff. And just a few years ago, they came out with a new game, Adventure Quest 3D. I mostly play it for nostalgia in a way. And the main storyline is about like a massive, it's not much, but it's a massive skeleton. Like his name is Vane. And the thing he does, he snaps his finger, grabs somebody, and he uncreates them out of existence. And as I was building my world, like as I kind of started, I kind of had a little idea of what I wanted to call it, but it kind of drew inspiration from that because I kind of made the banner for my world like red and black, pinkish color. And in the game, in Adventure Quest, he's like red and black shadow. And I kind of built it off of that. And I was kind of planning on each year for the new Mubomo contest, I kind of just build off of the story. So it kind of left off on like a cliffhanger at this one. And next year it'll kind of pick up like Adventure Quest kind of does. 
Uh, I think Eric and I are going to talk for a little bit because the contest was a little bigger than than uh, just Written Realms, even though it was definitely a focal point. And, and that was something that I, I believe we made clear from the beginning, uh, that this was an invitation to try and build something out uh, using that UI. But next year, for year two, and we are definitely doing uh, next October as well, and hopefully every October towards the future, uh, one thing that was a big problem and, and another point of this, of Namo Bumo, was to try and bring together the interactive fiction community and the mud community. And that didn't happen in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, I did post a few in a few places for IF, but I, the contest rules were kind of an attempt to mimic NaNoWriMo, uh, the National uh, Novel Writing Month. And it's 50,000 word limit. And that was definitely misplaced. The IF community doesn't really think about room. We do because, you know, that's what a MUD is. It's a bunch of interconnected rooms or at least coordinates, uh, which, you know, are just smaller rooms or just rooms with an XYZ. But the IF community doesn't think about that kind of thing. They think about stories and they think about uh, locations and, and, and character significance. The 100 rooms, 10 or 20 NPCs was obviously a little misplaced. It was too mud and not enough IF. And some of the posts I made in the IF communities were rebuked a little bit uh, for how stupid the rules were. And, and I don't think we had maybe even a single person come over from that community that wasn't already interested in muds. Uh, next year will be significantly different. There will still be criteria uh, I feel like there has to be some kind of criteria. This is not just a, an open-ended participation, but it will be friendlier to building a story as opposed to building a mechanical world. Uh, so that is a big thing. And the point of next year, just like the point of this year, but it was just unrealized, is really to bring together all of the story-building communities, the IF community, the people that make narrative-centric games. And to that end, honestly, I, I hope we can get some cross-sponsorship from one of the IF foundations or one of the big IF communities. Uh, and I hope to work together with, with a few more people and maybe we can make this a little bigger. Did you have any thoughts on post-mortem type things, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I guess... Um... So my, most of my contribution, my entry to Namabumo was done on the 30th and 31st, as you do. So that was definitely, the 100 rooms was a bit of a stretch, but like that was kind of meant to be, that's like what the 50,000 words is. So I think feeling like it is a stretch to get to it is good to keep, but definitely tweaking it, I think, so that we can pull in other communities. Like we had mentioned, you could even just make a, like, uh, this was more in the Discord where he'd mentioned this, but like if you just want to make a set of like static HTML pages that just like describe out what you're seeing and like you interact with the NPC through just like JavaScript or whatever, like that would be a perfectly acceptable thing. And like that feels more like what IF would be. I think making it more amenable or whatever to having outside people join with better terms and vocabulary and, and whatnot would be good. And I, I definitely agree that we should make sure that there's some kind of like a, like make it a challenge, a personal challenge to yourself. Like, can I stretch this far? And it's not just, I'm just participating type of thing. So, yeah. Speaking of the future, of course, how about uh, the future of written realms? Uh, Tebow, is there, uh, is there anything on the horizon now that you've gone through 
the massive backlog of bugs everyone's been throwing up at you uh, in October. Oh my God, it's huge. I have a Trello board that's public and everyone who looks at it just starts laughing because it's like, it's just screen upon screen upon screen of, of things to do. Uh, I need to uh, first do a little bit more Nemo digestion. I don't know how else to call it, but basically one thing that I'm going to do is I stream twice a week on Twitch. And one thing that I want to do is dedicate one episode per single player world that got submitted for Nemo Bumo and then essentially play through them on Twitch and then upload them to YouTube. So we kind of like have a record of what those worlds were like before the authors go in and polish them or improve them or, you know, kind of take them away from their pristine uh, Nemo Bumo state. And after that, uh, I'm, I mean, there's still a ton of things that builders would have liked to do that I kind of knew I wouldn't have time to implement in October, but that would still be really, really good long-term things to have. A lot of those are based around basically like item interactions. So right now in Realms, the way that you make most things happen is through mob interactions. You can have mob reactions and you can have mob quests which gives you a lot of tools and you can make mobs invisible which that gives you a ton of that lets you create custom commands and do all kinds of things what's sort of missing is the ability for a player to enter a room with no mob at all with just items and to be able to say pull a lever and have a way north open and and that would sort of require a lot of pieces in plays that are not currently in place. So I, I want to do a lot of things around world interactability, essentially, and, and even maybe trying to get to a point where you could just create like one room and have so many interactions with it that it would feel a bit more like an IF than like a MUD, right? It would just be interacting through some containerless environment just by commands and manipulations of your surroundings. A lot of builders have given really, really good ideas with that that I'd like to build out, but those would take a little bit of time. And beyond that, I want to keep, so there's always these two big tensions in Realm. Like the first one is making the content better, you know, world building and all of that. And the other one is making better world builder tools. And given that for most of October and even a couple of weeks before then, I was really focusing on supporting builders and giving them everything that they needed. I have not done too much with our flagship world. And I do want to turn my eye a little bit more towards that. Specifically, I want to finish the Assassin class, which is sort of like the fourth archetype that we designed our game around and that's been sort of missing since the start. So we have a stat right now called Dexterity, which is for all intents and purposes useless currently. Well, it gives you some stuff, but it doesn't really have like a true reason to be unless this fourth class is in. So I really want to add that and make that kind of part of the core gameplay and then hopefully keep developing both tracks in parallel, um, try to develop features that would be good for builders and then use the Unbroken World or, or flagship multiplayer world to test them out. So hopefully a lot of both, but uh, yeah, a ton to do, which is a great problem to have, but yeah. And has this experience, uh, have you caught the bug, Addison, the, the builder bug? Do you, do you feel like you might build some other worlds in the future? Definitely. So I, I mean, I'm not bragging, but um, I was, I think I was like the second or third patron and i think i was the first to subscribe to the world building because as soon as i saw like written realms it got i just just had this thing overcome me like like the bug like i said earlier just everything just started kind of like coming to me like just overflowing with ideas and i actually created a world decrothia like three or four months ago i think like a lot of people play it um i've been meaning to get back to it but 
everyone's been asking me about it in Discord. Everyone's been asking me and stuff. And I've kind of put it on the back burner for a bit. But if you play through the Hollowed Outcasts, there's kind of like a little little tidbit about that world, Dekrathia. And it, I'm, I'm going to start building it more. And it's kind of on and off for me. But lately, I've gotten a huge just urge to just build and not really play all right well thanks uh both for coming on to the uh this episode of titans of text uh yeah thank you my pleasure thanks for having me thank you so much